drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody? You guys know this is the Detroit Kool-Aid podcast, we're talking Lions, and we're talking Lions after a big dub ski, a win, and and if that's not exciting enough, if you're not fired up enough, if you don't have a big enough glass of that Detroit Kool-Aid with double-sided cornbread, I've got Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated, all Lions on the other end of the line, ready to talk some Lions football, give his opinions, and get into it with me. So, everybody, Logan, how you doing, man? Glad to have you back. Yeah, glad to be back. Nice to have some real football, regular season games to talk about, and especially after a win, it's even better. Logan, we got to drink in this victory, man. Drink it in, man. <laughs> we, we've got so much to talk about. We're going to do news and notes. We're going to get into a little bit of this Washington review, but we're not going to bore you to death. We're not going to go play by play. Well, you guys watch the game. You know what happened, but I got some questions to fire at Logan, get his thoughts, opinions. He'll probably kind of be, you know, on one side, on the other end up in the middle. We know how that goes, but uh, we'll do that. We've got the Twitter machine. I want to give some shout outs play a couple voicemails, maybe get into some other things here on the pod, as well as we are going to preview the Lions heading to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, a big-time football game. So, Logan, you ready to get into this, man? Let's talk some Lions. Yeah, let's do it, man. So, I want to know from you, man, just right off the top, like, Lions getting hit by the injury bug. We're going to get everybody hyped talking about this victory, but just a little things off the top. I want to know from you if you have any rumor, innuendo, any things you've been hearing about Jonah Jackson and this finger injury that's keeping him off the field. We got Frank Ragnow, who signed a big old contract. Everyone loves this guy, yet he's missing time, um, it, it appears now. We got some other big names that are injured. Are you hearing anything about these injuries? You think we're going to get these taken, uh, you know, going to come together soon? You think they're going to linger? Where are you at with all this? Oh, it's so tough to say because we're, we're pretty much only given bare bones information. And especially like with Jonah Jackson, a finger, uh, you know, it can't be great when a, a finger injury holds out. But the, for offensive linemen, the hand is pretty important. You need to be able to grab onto players. And if you don't have a like I think it's his ring finger on his like right hand. Uh, if if you're not able to really grab, and yes, you don't want to hold, but you're still you still got to lock guys up and you know get them between the shoulder pads and the jersey. And if you don't have a finger to do that with, it can be tough. So maybe they were just being cautious with it. I hope it's nothing overly serious, but you just kind of have to wait and see with these type of things. And same with you know Ragnow. It's um, yeah, with with him being out. That was a tough, but I'll, I'll give the interior offensive line a lot of credit. You, there was some signs of struggle, you know, probably Logan Stenberg and pass coverage was not great. Uh, he struggled there. He struggled last week as well. Uh, but it's really, they did a good job for all being backups. Dan Skipper being pulled off the practice squad, who's predominantly a tackle and he's just thrown into guard. I thought that was pretty good. So it's, it's tough to say on injuries. I, sometimes try to look into injuries a little bit more than I probably should. And it just doesn't get you anywhere. These these guys are NFL players and they got great doctors and they'll play when they're ready. And sometimes there's never a clear, um, you know, description of what exactly they're dealing with or the timetable. 
So, so let me do this. Normally, when you give one of your very uh, informative calculator replies, I have to come back with a little something myself. Usually, it's a little bit more off the wall, maybe to entertain the people. But I want to say this. I'm discouraged by this Jonah Jackson injury because I loved that play they ran to DeAndre Swift, that sweet play where big old Jonah was just out front just looking for a corner to knock into the fifth row. That was incredible. I watched that a few times. That was fun to watch. Um, the uh, the opening uh or the uh, the game there and uh, Frank Ragnow I, I went on a rant last week about people just crushing these guys who they don't see right away they're calling them bums they're calling them busts they're saying these guys are never going to contribute for the Lions I'm seeing some of that for Frank Ragnow too now would I like him and and Romeo Quaro who we've paid big money to to be out there balling every week and be playing to that contract of course but I'm seeing this Twitter hate where people are acting like oh Frank Ragnow is a punk now oh he's a wimp he can't play what this guy's still a dominant center maybe the best in the game just because he's had a few unfortunate injuries to his foot and his growing and whatever else he's had like he can still play the game. Some of these people need to be a little more patient if you ask me. So so that's my that's my comeback on that. But I want to throw this to you, Logan, and you can comment on my rants if you want. But are you encouraged or discouraged? Because you could be discouraged by some of these injuries. Oh, the Lions are bit by the injury bug again. How could they be, miss, be missing three offensive linemen? Frank's never going to be the same. We're never going to see J-Mo. Or you could be encouraged because... Jameson Williams still might be exactly what we think he is. Josh Pascal might come back and be a monster. Uh, Romeo might just be getting healthy and we don't know it yet. Like, there's two ways to go on this. And on the Kool-Aid cast where we're serving up that Kool-Aid, I tend to be encouraged that the Lions are one-on-one playing good football. And they got a lot of big dogs that might be coming back here in the next few weeks. Yeah, I I think there's still a lot more potential really with what the Lions have, because they have been dealing with injuries, and every NFL team does. No one's ever perfectly healthy. But when you look at all the weapons that are still on, you know, the pup or just sidelined currently, they have a lot of talent that should be coming back, and you just hope no one else gets (laughs) injured in the time before all these guys come back. But it is the NFL, and it's football. It's a violent game. And there will probably be some more injuries. But considering how well they're still playing with all these injuries, I do find it encouraging. And I will say on Ragnow, too, I mean, he had a groin injury in week one, and he, he played through that. So this foot injury or this toe injury, um, again, it's just if he could play, I'm sure he would. And I don't think he's any less of a player because of injuries. Now, if it there has been a little bit of a history with him recently getting injured, which is a little bit discouraging for whatever <laughs> reason, certain individuals <laughs> tend to get hurt more than others. And you don't want to get that injury label. Uh, tag but I, I'm not worried about it yet and I think as long as he comes back and plays the majority of the games um, I think he'll be one of the best centers in the league like he's shown he can be we just don't want the injuries after you put your John Hancock on the big contract <laughs> we've seen that in the past we've seen it now and Frank's the type of guy where you thought man this is such a slam dunk, such a solid meat and potatoes football player. Um, I can't imagine that's the case with him. It's just bad timing, I believe. But um, you mentioned being encouraged. So I want to throw this at you. How encouraged, how impressed are you by Benjamin Johnson, our offensive coordinator? This guy is getting rave reviews. Everyone seems to love him. He looks the part of the new whiz kid. He talks the part. He sounds right when he's talking about offense and the passion he has for the game. Are, are you just on board with this guy 100% or do you still have a few questions? He's still got to prove it to you, Logan Lamarandier. I think he's pretty close. Considering what the Lions have done on offense the first two weeks of the season and looking even what he was doing last year. But I, I feel like we've done this before with coordinators, you know, with Scott Linehan and Jim Bob Cooter, oh. you know, they, they start off strong. And then the league, the NFL is a very smart league where uh, plays are figured out and schemes are figured out and you have to be able to adjust. So I think we're going to start getting to a point probably soon where Ben Johnson defenses are going to know his tendencies and what he likes to do. And he's going to have to adjust. So I think that's where the true test is going to be, but so far so good. It's, it's been great. The offense uh, I think they've been leaving points on the field. If they were really firing on all cylinders at all times, it just seems like they could be scoring so much more, which seems 
difficult to say considering they've scored 35 points plus in the last, uh, th- well, going back to last year, the last three weeks even. Logan, let me ask you this. Normally we get into our great shows we love to do about the NFL draft, our favorite, and and we get into the back and forth argument where you love athletes. You like height, weight, speed, how fast they run, what can they do athletically, and what do I tell you every time? Sometimes it comes down to the character, <laughs> the heart, the love for football. So when it comes to Ben Johnson, I think he falls in my category. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah, he knows – but he, this guy, when he speaks, I feel like he loves what he does. I feel like he is energetic. He can relate to the players, unlike, I don't know, Paul Pascaloni. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is a totally different type of coach to go with AG, to go with Deuce. So, like, that's one of the most reasons that I'm encouraged with this Lions team is Ben Johnson just seems like a guy, not only you want to play for, but he shows up ready to dial up something new, ready to listen to his players, ready to put his quarterback in the best situation. And that's the kind of stuff that I think is going to pay dividends. So I love the passion he has and the the smarts and the aggressiveness, man. When I hear Ben Johnson talk, it feels like he wants to take your heart out as offense coordinator. I love that. <laughs> no, it's great to hear from an offensive coordinator. And there's a lot of offensive coordinators and coaches coming all different uh, shapes and sizes, I guess you could say, you know, they're all different and they're all unique, different personalities. Um, but yeah, Ben Johnson, really the entire coaching staff is very likable. And, uh, Ben Johnson, it's, you know, again, you just hope he can continue the trajectory he's on and maybe, (laughs) maybe it'd be a bad thing. If he continues this, he might be getting offering, you know, it'd be early for a head coaching gig next year. <laughs> Usually they want to see a couple years, but yeah. if he continues this trend, you know, he's going to have other bigger things in line for him in his future. Exactly, man. Uh, but like what he's doing right now, I'm glad you're encouraged and fired up for him. As you can tell that I am as well. Something I'm not fired up, Logan. Lambert. And, and again, you guys got to stay tuned. We've got the Washington review. We've got Twitter machine shout outs. I may have a new few drops, some sound drops for, the people, um, <laughs> as well as Minnesota preview. But Logan, something I'm not fired up about is uh, me listening to the Karsh and Anderson show. You might know one of the guys who has a drop here on this show. Okay, Kool-Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. Exactly, uh, Gator. Drink it in, man. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. <laughs> um you know, Jared Goff comes on there weekly and he's on there, you know, as we're, before we're recording this show and they're going through some of the questions and then they get to the old SOL question. They start hemming and hawing like a lot of the anti Kool-Aid drinkers talking about, oh man, that second half, we started to get worried. They scored some points. We thought you were going to blow it. We thought it was going to be SOL, same old Lions. And Jared Goff chops my buddy Chops's boy, Jared Goff, stops them in their tracks and says, don't even bring that. Don't even put that out there. Don't even put it in the air. I don't want to hear it. It was it was incredible. Just shut it down right away. He's like, you need to stop talking and stop thinking about uh, things like that. Logan, I want to ask you, can we please finally help put this SOL to bed if this team plays well? wins shows that they're not uh some fake facade i mean i just want to be done with this (laughs) it's it's tough to be done with i understand the players perspective because there's new players every year and they're they haven't been around for the entire history of the franchise but as fans we've seen it happen so many times and really the only way to break the label is to win and to win meaningful games uh and that hasn't happened yet and the lions are still developing and they're one of the youngest teams in the NFL uh, where the, there's going to be some growing pains in there, but you have to win to, to break that label with, with how much history the lions have of blowing games. And it happens to every NFL team. It's not just the lions, but uh, the other teams don't get labels like that because they've won important games and they've been to super bowls. They won playoffs. Like the lions have had so much futility that it's just, it's a tough narrative to kind of shake. And so, so I get it, but, um, I, I don't really ever use same old lions all that much. Cause I, I think it's a different team every year, but it's, 
you have to win. You have to win to get rid of it. Logan, let me ask you this. I got to put you on the spot here because you you come on this show. You're very informative, very positive. We have a lot of fun. But I've also known you and many others to like the minute stuff hits the fan or something goes wrong to give with the old chuckle line of, oh, I can't believe it happened to us again or here we go again or look at what the Lions did. I, I want to know from you, why can we use that uh, logic with players that players say next game mentality? I wasn't here 30 years ago. That's fine for them. Why would the fan base still be bringing up things that happened a decade plus ago or three decades ago for that matter, or 50 years ago? Like, why would any of that impact tomorrow? <laughs> like it, it's, it, there's no carryover. It's not the same person. If it was the same person here for three decades making the same mistakes, I would be with you. But when it's just a, a sense of, you know, different teams trying to get over the hump and maybe them having some shortcomings, like, why would the fan base assume that because we never won in this situation 18 years ago that it won't happen next week in Minnesota and we might do the opposite? I, I don't understand that thinking. It's just I think it's a defense mechanism. <laughs> Lions fans have been conditioned to think that. So I don't know. Maybe it makes fans feel better about themselves when they can say same old Lions because it's like, oh, I told you so. Well, but well I'm telling you, buddy. It needs to start with me and you. We need to break this. There's no – if something bad goes wrong this year, I don't want you tweeting out, oh, I've seen this before, or of course it would happen to us. I want you to do what the players do. Hey, we'll get over it. Turn the page. It's in the past. Like, move forward. Let's worry about the next game, right? That's the way to approach it. (laughs) Well, if you notice, I didn't tweet anything. Even when the game got close, I didn't tweet anything about – Oh, here, here it comes! Or oh, get exactly. ready for this! Or the Lions gonna blow another one? Um, and I, oddly enough, I felt like the Lions were in control the whole game. I never really got all that nervous, even when it was getting down to you know a touchdown. I, I, I just still felt like the Lions had it, and it's weird to kind of say that because uh, in years past, I definitely didn't feel that way. But um, relatively I just really wasn't all that concerned uh, against the commanders and that was I'm kind of just realizing that now <laughs> it's a new team it's a new day it's not two three years ago um so let, let's get into this ball game because you you led me right where we got to go we got to go to this Washington game so to me one of the first things I put up about this game is I felt the defense was dominant in the first half I feel like they came to play um what changed <laughs> well, I think they were probably playing a little better than um, they probably regressed a little towards the mean where they should be in the second half, but they were still making plays. And even when the, they needed to make stops, they still made some stops, but uh, it's not often you just see a one-sided blowout in the NFL. Like the really good teams can do it, but how many 20 point deficits were overcame last week? I think it happened twice and there were, the Rams almost had another one. So there's, plenty of other games it's it's a really difficult league to continue just dominating entire four quarters so um I just think that's kind of how the NFL is and I think Dan Campbell even said it in his post-game speech where you know you're you're not gonna necessarily win an all fast the game for entire four quarters there's going to be some adversity at times and you have to overcome it and the Lions did I think Dan Campbell might have said this in his pregame speech unleash Hutch. I'm ready to unleash Hutch. Because <laughs> he was unleashed. We'll get to more of that in a moment, but I, I'm right there with you. I guess 22-0 was very refreshing to see. I mean, how many times we come on here and we're like, got to start faster, got to score points early, got to get up on people, got to get off the field on third down. They did all that, and I loved every minute of it, but I'm right there with you. I was not thinking, oh, man, it's going to be like 40-6. to six. I mean, I, I felt it was going to get tight or things might happen, but um, I definitely felt we were in control of this ball game, basically from start to finish. I was very calm, as you noted, that you seem to be as well. Um, you know, NFL teams, I mean, they're going to score points uh, second half. You know, Washington, I've, I figured they were going to rebound. They got some playmakers here and there. Um, I, I just want to know from you, Logan Lamer, do you? I mean, you're on the show. I got to go to this gimmick. I mean, my guy, DeAndre Swizzle, catches the ball on his backside, gets up, throws the old dead leg on a couple people, runs to the house. Why do you still hate him so much? <laughs> Don't hate him at all. I mean, he's a great player in space. And uh, the Lions, 
The Lions offensive line is doing a great job getting him on the second level. And once he's in the second level, yes, he's a, a special player. And I will say, I feel like he's been breaking more tackles this year. I feel like he's been running a little tougher. Um, I, he's still not your, <laughs> and he doesn't need to be. This is what I, we have this conversation every time. He doesn't need to be your physical ground and pound type of guy that you're just running up the back alignment and you want him to move the pile a few yards. because That's not what he does. And that's fine. Just get him out in space and you can see what, We've seen what he does when he has openings and just makes defenders miss left and right when it's one-on-one and he has these big explosive plays, but that was a really impressive play too. When he, yeah, the, that ball got tipped, he caught it. It was on his back and still got up on a third and 15 and got, I think it was like 20 yards for a touchdown. Um, it was, it was impressive and it's great to see him and you just hope he can continue to stay healthy and keep doing what he's doing because uh, he's definitely a difference maker on this offense. You can tell when he's on the field, he does things that no one else can do. And that's what makes him special. I thought about you, my friend, when he took that ball on kind of an inside hand, made one cut, got up the field. Uh, I, know, I know you hate him between the tackles, but I think he's doing a lot of nice things there outside and in the past game. Um, want to see more of it. He didn't even get much usage, but he did make that big time play. And you say we talk about it every time on the show. And it kind of brings me to another topic we might as well get into. And that's a guy that we talk about a lot on this show. And he's been called ARSB. <laughs> he's been dubbed by Chops, which I bought into this nickname. And I told you this, I think, last time you were on. It's Amon Ra. <laughs> this guy is special. This guy continues not only just to produce the consistency the volume of catches, the way he's finding the end zone is impressive, which reminds me, where was he ranked on the Logan Lamarandier draft board again? And why'd you hate that pick so much? <laughs> he was ranked exactly <laughs> where the Lions selected him. I, um, yeah, wasn't as high as him on him as some. And yeah, I'll definitely eat some crow because he's been just tearing it up. And even how he wins, it's like, he's just doing what he did at the college level and he's still doing it in the NFL, which is the crazy part. And it's not like he's crazy fast. It's not like um, he's a big bodied guy, but he plays a lot bigger than his size. He just, he does all the little things well. And sometimes uh, I, I feel like he's an exception to the rule of being a smaller player, not overly fast, but he's just, he's almost like a savvy veteran with how he runs his routes, how he can break tackles. Uh, playing a lot bigger than he is in contested catch situations. Uh, he just is a very well-rounded player and super dependable and reliable. And you can tell Goff has a ton of confidence in him. And he's just doing everything really well. I'm just curious. Could, could it be his, I don't know, maybe his makeup, maybe his football character, maybe his determination, maybe his love <laughs> for the game and wanting to be the absolute best that maybe puts him over the top despite some of his athletic shortcomings. Could that be the case maybe? Yeah, no, I think that has a lot to do with it. <laughs> and uh, it's something we can't quantify. You can't measure it. So I that's why I always tend to look over it and be like, <laughs> well, you know, a, a lot of guys have that. But what sets them apart? How can you really tell, at least from our the chair we're sitting in or from our perspective, how do you quantify someone's character? Because coming out of the draft, you hear about so many players that, oh, great character, or real football guy. Like, it's just tough to really understand how serious these guys are about football. But I don't think there's any questioning uh, Sam Brown with his passion and motivation that he has. Obviously, everybody out there listening, I'm giving Logan a little bit of a hard time. We're having some fun. That's kind of what we do on the show. Logan, before we get our commercial break, our great sponsors, and I just want to open it up for you. Is there anything big that uh, jumped out to you? I mean, we just kind of brushed over the game, but I thought it was a, a great win, solid win, team win, um, overall played solid. Now are they going to build off of it? Is there anything you wanted to get into or something that jumped out at you um, about this Washington victory at home? Um. Nothing too crazy. I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I just think that despite scoring so many points, I, I think the Lions still, and even with the injuries, I still think there's a lot more potential to even get better this year. And just looking at what they've been able to do in the first two weeks, it's really encouraging. But I, I think there's still room for improvement 
this year. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for. No doubt, man. I, I think the offense, you know, will come back a little bit to the mean, but they've been real good defense. was shaky against Philly, but Philly's got some playmakers and then um, really seem to not only play solid, but just kind of really step up on multiple different levels and still has room. Both sides of the ball still have a lot of room to grow and are going to get guys like J-Mo and Pascal and Quara and, um, you know, all these different guys back that I think will really help them as well. So very exciting stuff. Great victory against Washington. It was kind of like a must have, in my opinion. And when they got it, it felt really good. And um, I think it's going to do wonders for the team and for the fan base to keep everything rolling and get them excited. So everybody, let's take a quick break for our sponsors. Get them in here please check them out really helps the show share the show with a friend drink that detroit kool-aid we'll be right back talking all things lions fans and the game against minnesota everybody we'll be right back you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, Kool-Aid drinkers? We're back from the break. Thanks so much for listening. Normally, this is where I thank all of you, which I'll probably do here in a moment. But uh, I always give Logan that chance to tell us what he's up to, even though I always throw it out there before he speaks and throw out his Twitter, L. Lamarandier. Um, he's also on Instagram putting out stats and whatnot, uh, Sports Illustrated All Lions. I mean, who knows what he, else he might be up to. He doesn't like to talk about himself, but I got to pub him up when he comes on the show. One of the great guests, very honored to always have him on the Kool-Aid cast. Uh, Logan, did I get it all? Is there anything else we need to hype up? I mean, this is what I'm here for is to just <laughs> pub up all the great stuff you're doing, buddy. You got the twins running around. You got kiddos everywhere. And you're like, man, Oakry, we got to talk some lions. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think you got it all. It sounds about right. And yeah, life is busy, um, <laughs> but I have to make time for football too. And, you know, just a little, maybe a little less football than what I've been used to in the past years, but um, it's still a great time. And I still dig into all the stats I can find. And uh, that's, that's always what I've really enjoyed. I appreciate it, man. Um, you know, I always try to give you that leeway but if you got a little window and we can get on here and talk lions it's always a great time so i appreciate it man but uh the the thing i also appreciate is i'm trying to make this kind of a new segment the old twitter machine give some shout outs Uh, i didn't have as much time this week myself to uh bookmark some things or get into some of the actual tweets but i want to give a shout out to this person for sure and i got a little dig i got to get in on him and that's jp 
1077. Um, this guy's always on Twitter. He's repping our tweets. He's sharing the show. He's drinking that Kool-Aid. He's optimistic about the team. Um, he's just all over the place uh, here recently and for a long time, actually. I always see him uh, giving likes and retweets and um, being real positive about the line, so I appreciate that. But, JP, I, I got to give you a little grief, man. This Twitter handle, at JP023993121. <laughs> I mean, Logan, can, can we tighten up that handle a little bit for JP? Can we get him like JP Lions or or JPZ or or something a little bit more catchy than JP zero two three nine nine three one two? Maybe those numbers mean something. <laughs> Maybe it's something we don't know. I was gonna say, man. Or I need, it's just I a need generic the back... handle that Twitter gave him. I need, <laughs> I need the back. Like, yeah, that's what works. <laughs> I need the backstory on it, or you better be aware if your bank code, or was JP zero two three nine nine three one one taken? Is that why we went to one two at the end? I don't know, but uh, I thought I'd have a little fun with that, man. But keep doing what you're doing, keep repping the Lions uh, for sure. Uh, Kyle Dahmer, one of the generous donators here on the show, to keeps the thing rolling and uh, fires me up when he's uh, willing to donate to the show and and keep. Uh, that Detroit Kool-Aid flowing. Logan, I know you know this name. This guy's been gone for a while. He disappeared from the face of the earth, especially the Twitter sphere. But he's back, and his name is Frank Ribble. He even has a drop here on the show. Oh, wait. Woo! That's not Frank Ribble. That's the woo-wee, or that's the uh, Rod Allen drop, but it's similar. Frank's is the quad wow. Wow. Nope, that's not Frank either. Where'd Frank go? Oh, here's the Frank Quad. Wow. 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 <laughs> that was a literal call from Frank Ribble to the Kool-Aid hotline. He's back. He's tweeting. He's giving it. He's drinking all types of Detroit Kool-Aid. It fires me up if you can't tell. My guy Brian Ives is always sharing the show. He's hitting me up, sending me DMs, hitting me on the text, telling me what the Lions got to do. Um, you know, incredible stuff. So those are just a couple names I wrote down. But, man, there's a ton of great Lions fans out there, don't you think, Logan, that are just always repping this team, always supporting the people that are trying to put out content? It's great stuff. There are. There's. It's a very loyal fan base. And as as I've seen through social media throughout the years, you know, when I first started Twitter, I was just like, oh, I'll just throw some stats out there. And then uh, people just loved it. And I think that's a testament to just what type of fans the Lions have. And uh, I know there's a lot of other fan bases that have bigger fan bases. But I think the true Lions fans that are out there are just some of the most loyal fans you'll possibly find. And if the Lions can start stringing together a lot of wins, I think there will be plenty of more fans as well. But uh, the base, uh, the core of the Lions fans are just, they're amazing. So true, and a little bit of a humble brag there by Logan Lamory, over 10,000 some Twitter <laughs> followers. I mean, again, I only have so much time and so much ability in the day to to put out uh, the content, but uh, you you put it out there. You got a great following, and Lions fans. I mean, win, lose, or draw, they're they're awesome. But when this team gets rolling and puts up a couple of W's, I mean, they come out of the woodwork strong, and, and I really respect it. Everybody. I mean, speaking of all this Lions fans, I mean, I Logan, we got to do a couple hot Kool-Aid hotline voicemails real quick. And, and, and this first one, I wasn't going to play it because it's kind of like before the game happened. You got to know if you're going to call in the Kool-Aid hotline that we record. The show comes out on Wednesday. So I need you like on a Monday, Tuesday to get these calls in and call your shot so I can play them. And then we'll see if this happened. This came in late last week. But the reason I got to play it, Logan, is this guy... He had some strong takes that actually came true and a couple that didn't. He used our gimmicks, which I like. He had a couple bad takes as well, but overall it made me laugh and it was a good call. So I think we got to get it in here. It's a minute long or so. You say we do this? Yeah, let's hear it. Logan, this is Bo DeFrisco. He's another uh, constant on this show because Bo knows how to drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. So let's see what he's got here. Oakley. It's your boy, Iron Lung for life here, blowing your house down with some smoking stats. I'm predicting 60-plus points this game. I know Swift is going for over 200. Stenberg is going to put those preseason big boy pants back on and make some lanes for the boys. 
Jamal's going to steal another TD from Swift. I think we get a visit from the Serpent. But most of all, man, your boy, T.J. Hawkinson, is going to make you want to pay him. I'm also feeling a defensive TD somewhere in there. Hopefully it's from the Lions. And uh, we're going to get that Lions win thanks to ARSB. Or like you guys like to say down there on the podcast, I'm in love. All right, Oaks, that's about all I got for this one. Anyhow, love the show as always. Drink it in. Hail the Kool-Aid cast and go Lions. I'm out. Oh, my goodness. Logan, on further review, I listened to it last week. Like, uh, Bo, Bo didn't know to start that call with the 60 points, 200 from Swizzle. <laughs> what, he's had a defensive touchdown. He's, I don't know what else he had in there, but lots of misses. But uh, he, he kind of got it together there in the second part. What did you think of that call? It was good. Um, I mean, <laughs> they were some big – those are some hot takes and uh, you know, some of them are close to being right. The Hawkinson take, you know, I, we can talk about him if you want, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Hawkinson's showing he's worth big money quite yet. I forgot about that. That was another miss by you, Bo, but I, but they were strong. I like, I always tell people, here's what you do. You come in, you give yourself a nickname and if it's funny, I'll let you keep it. If it's bad, we'll change it. You, you give strong hot takes. You don't come in here with this him and hawn, and then you get out strong. And if you use a couple gimmicks, which he used the Amon Ra, <laughs> and uh, he tried to do TJ Hawkinson, but Bo, it goes a little something like this TJ. Wait for it. Wait for it. Hawkins. That, that's how you got to do it. But uh, yeah, I, he's uh, struggling and uh, needs to play a lot better before I'm going to pay him, even though I said to pay him a while back. Uh, before it gets too late, but we'll see what happens with him. But uh, yeah, Bo's drinking that Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double, and and who knows what else Bo's got going on there. But uh, it was funny. It made me laugh and respect him for coming in and calling his shots. Uh, Logan, we got another voicemail from a certain guy that's a co-host here on this show. His name is at Chops in the D. (laughs) Do you want to hear what he's bringing to the table? What's Chops got? I, I I haven't even heard this call yet. I didn't listen, but my guess is going to be he's going to come in strong with this over-the-top hilarity like he does. He's going to start off, probably the first topic is going to be about Jared Goff. He's going to say, ooh-wee, and he's going to say choppy likey at some point. He's probably going to throw in a couple Hulk Hogan brothers or something like that, something ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and, and he'll have stats in his back pocket like you like to do to support his points. So that's, that's my guess. That's my random guess about this call. But uh, let's listen to it. I'm sure it'll be classic. Detroit Kool-Aid cast. This is Chops. Woo! The McGee calling. And I just got to say that our Detroit Lions are cooking with some fire. We've got 35 points in plus in th- three straight games. My boy Jared Goff has been balling out. Most TD passes in the division. Fewest interceptions in the division. Off the player of the week in week two. Oh, yeah, baby. The O-line is pushing people around like a bunch of rag dolls, even though we're starting our three best backups. And not to mention that Ben Johnson may be the best-kept secret in the NFL, for now, because the league is on notice. And we're doing all this without our boys, J-Mo and Rag Nasty. And let me tell you something, brother. Hitch Hutch was unleashed this week. Mr. Okuda is balling out, and we cannot wait to see what he is going to do in week three. By the way, Tracy Walker, he still can't catch the ball. But anyway, prediction for this week against the Minnesota Vikings, Amon Ra, with his seventh straight game with a touchdown, and the Lions will win 38-27. to You heard it here, brother. Hashtag Chubby Likey. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Logan, reactions. Uh, you literally hit on every <laughs> single thing he was going to do. You know him well. Happy because the funnest thing about the Kool-Aid cast are the bringing back the gimmicks, doing the things that make you famous, making people laugh. Choppy did all of those. He repped his guy. He brought in uh, energy. I mean, that's a, that's a tremendous call by at Chops in the D. I think everybody should go give him a follow and, uh, and check him out when me and him are chopping it up, talking lines here on the show. So appreciate those voicemails. Logan, before we get to the Minnesota game, Chops also mentioned something else. And that's unleash 
Hutch, which was my sign that I brought to the game that got everyone fired up. I mean, Logan, we've got a new drop on the show. You ready for it? <laughs> yeah. Unleash Hutch. <laughs> we got that or the Dan Campbell. Unleash Hutch. I'm ready to unleash Hutch. Unleash Hutch. What do you think? Dan Campbell or me? <laughs> Uh, the Dan Campbell one's hard to beat, uh, but yours is pretty solid, but it's, it's Dan Campbell. Oh, you I, can't I, beat that. I thought you might say that, but what about this one? Rodrigo. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> what about that for 44 every time he makes a play? Rodrigo. <laughs> that's for, that's gold. Can that's, we just, can we short enough to just Rigo? Like Rodrigo, like Rodriguez. It's like the same thing. I like Rodrigo, but I think. Rigo. I'm tr- I'm going to try to make Rigo stick. No, no. It's it's Rodrigo, but you got to say it like this. Rodrigo! <laughs> like you're yelling down the street to ask him if he wants to play ball or something. Rodrigo! <laughs> like he has a like he has a shop at the at the at the corner market and you just like you, you know you got to hit it up. Rodrigo! Oh man, uh, that guy's becoming a cult legend, no doubt about it. Now we've got, I think those two drops are gold. I agree, Dan Campbell is hard to beat, but uh, me yelling, unleash Hutch, was a staple to week one and will be for future. There may be t-shirts coming out, we'll see. So uh, we got that in. Logan, I saw you put out an article about Julian O'Quara, uh, talking about how when he plays, he's just dominant. Do you, do you want to go on a soliloquy about him or say why you're in love with this guy? Or I mean, he's been scratched. He's been non-existent, but he showed up a little bit last week. Any any comments for the Twitter sphere, the people? Yeah, it was actually – I mean, I noticed him in the game, and then when I was diving deep into the stats, I noticed he had five pressures, which is pretty solid. I, even Hutchinson, I think, had six pressures. So five pressures from Akwari. He's a little bit of a forgotten man sometimes just because he is so frequently, unfortunately, injured. Uh, but you know, it'd be great to have him be more of a pass rush specialist on the edge and get some plays. So I thought his uh, PFF had him out of the 38.1% pass rush win rate, which is actually the highest in the NFL right now, uh, which is crazy to say. So uh, when he was on the field, he was productive. And I think it was only, um, I can't I forget how many pass rush snaps he actually had, but I think it was only like 20 or something like that. It wasn't all that many, but when he was on the field, he was making an impact, and that's what we've been kind of waiting for quite a while for him to to show up, and he's shown flashes before, and it'd just be amazing if he's going to be able to provide, you know, maybe not so much again in the run, but uh, as a depth pass rusher, he sure has the upside to be a real nice one. Let me let me ask you this real quick before we get into the Minnesota preview. Like, have you figured out why these guys? I mean, do you just sort of lean on, hey, the coaches see these guys all day at practice? I mean, whatever they say goes, or or do you sometimes scratch your head when like Austin Bryant's been a pretty dynamic pass rusher and he's big and athletic, and we need pass rushing right now, and he's scratched in game two for some reason, and Julian Aquara is scratched in game one, yet the word was he's coming into his own, the linebackers coach, uh, Shep, loves him, like, he's going to make this big leap, he's bulking up, and then he's just really been non-existent in preseason and, and until this second game, like, what's the rhyme or reason for some of this? You, you got it figured out yet? Well, Aquara was dealing with his own injuries. Um, and, you know, tr- truthfully, I, Austin Bryant was a very pleasant surprise for just how he, with the camp he had and the preseason game he had, he was looking like, at times just dominant. Uh, but you never really saw that in regular season. And I know it's a different scheme. And when he was under Matt Patricia uh, playing, you know, the defensive end and Jack kind of hybrid roles, uh, he never really did much. And then this year just kind of clicked for him. But, yeah, you have to imagine that the coaches, you assume no more than the fans, but sometimes you see players that you really like go to different teams and actually get a shot and they excel. So it's just, you, you have to put faith in the coaches. Maybe there's a, for specific packages that they wanted Aquara in that fit his skill set a little better, but you can't really, you can't really say, but um, Aquara looked good when he was in there. So that's, that's a plus. 
Yeah, I'm hoping he can do some things. It's just I, I kind of rely on the coaches saying they see these guys every day, but as a fan base or people on the outside, we're kind of like seeing these guys go in and out, and you know special teams and all this stuff plays a factor, but very hard to kind of predict who's going to be up and who's going to be down on some of these weekends uh, or these weeks for the Lions, uh, injuries and all the things that go on. So um, intriguing always with that. But uh, speaking of intriguing, man, Minnesota, Lions heading to Minnesota. I know we got to get you up out of here. You got plenty to do, but we want to preview this game a little bit for the people. So let's just tackle the elephant in the room, man, and that's Justin Jefferson. Guy's a problem, a big problem. <laughs> like, we got Mr. Okuda, who's playing well. Uh, A.O. Oh, baby, has been um, not playing so well there in week one, out in week two. They seem to put him on the number one player, um, but I'd kind of like to see Mr. Okuda against J.J. here. Can he hold his own? Can he hold us in? What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, Okuda's been playing a lot of sides, but you know, Justin Jefferson, he uh, looked pretty average against our boy Darius Slay, you know, <laughs> with the Eagles. Um, so I, I think he can be contained and it might be Kurt Cousins helping contain him in a way because I think Cousins is a he's a fine quarterback, but he's nothing special. So it'll be interesting to see if the Lions do try to shadow Justin Jefferson at all or if they try to play the matchup and it'd be Great to see Akuda on, you know, if Akuda could start shadowing guys. Cause I, I think Akuda has been coming into his own and looking healthy outside of the cramps that he keeps having. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been nice to see Akuda at least look. I mean, I'm not going to say he looks like the number three overall pick, but he at least looks like a solid starting corner and give him another year to get healthy because Achilles injuries are notoriously difficult to come back from. And I think he'll just keep getting better. So uh, Justin Jefferson, he's never an easy matchup. And most teams don't have a guys that can match up with him. And it's, you probably have to scheme your defense around stopping him. But I, I believe in Aaron Glenn. And I think he can have a game plan for him. And you'd like to see Akuda win some of those battles too. Good stuff, uh, Logan. I think I've heard that Kirk Cousins take on this show uh, plenty of times in the past. They went a little something like this. Kirk Cousins is, um, well, um, how do I put this? Um, he's not that great. Something like that. Um, Dalvin Cook. I mean, this guy hasn't done really anything this year from what I've seen. He's wearing a new number. He's a talented football player. He's not hurt yet um but i kind of see this as a, a breakout type game the up down theory in the nfl do you see dalvin cook just carving us up for a deep one or maybe being hard to deal with or do you see the lions really locking in on the run game and and kind of letting the pass game be what it is yeah dalvin cook uh, you know he's a great player but um you know their offensive line isn't great and lions run defense looked really good against washington and I, I think without a running quarterback, those rushing yards might not stack up as easily as they did, it's say, against the Eagles. So I, I think they can contain Cook. And it's just oddly enough where, you know, running back sometimes they get to four or five years in the league and they just don't have what they had when they were rookies. I don't know. If, I'm not saying Dalvin Cook's at that point yet, but um, I'm not as worried about him this upcoming week that I've been in years past, but I say that now and I just hope, yeah, I, I'm assuming he's going to get his fair share of work and he'll probably put up some yards because that's just Dalvin Cook. But um, if the Lions offense can somehow, you know, continue this trend and they put up some points and put Minnesota in those passing situations, maybe you can take Dalvin Cook out of the game that way too. But I, I have liked what I've seen out of the Lions linebackers. I'm not saying it's a great position. And it's the strength of the team, but I, I think they've improved and uh, they did well in week two. And I think they can continue that uh, trend in week three. You know who might have to help keep Dalvin, check, Dalvin Cook in check? Yo, Rodrigo! Get him. <laughs> um, can, can Jared Goff play that well again? I mean, can we keep putting up these points, or do you see this as maybe being a game where everyone's feeling confident, man, Jared Goff playing good, everything looks great on the surface, 35-plus, Choppy's got him scoring 30, 
five plus again, and it comes out and it's one of those clunkers like we've seen in Minnesota. I'm not trying to say it's going to happen or dim it down, but I'm saying that can they keep this rolling? What do you think? I think they can because I don't think Goff played particularly well in either week one or week two. There's been plenty of passes where I thought he should have made that could have gone for big plays. Um, there's been some inaccurate throws that when he had guys open and there's been a lot of throws that uh, have resulted in drops, but yeah, it's the NFL. You receivers should be catching these, but at the same time, Goff's not always putting them on the best spot. So I think uh, Goff, this offense, as long as they have this run game and the offensive line it can keep Goff clean. I think what we've seen from Goff is kind of who he is and he might even have better games ahead of him than what we've seen the first two weeks despite scoring 35 points. So that's, we talked about that a little bit earlier where I'm just encouraged because I, I think this offense hasn't even reached its full potential yet. And they're still scoring a lot of points. I'm seeing this as a possible shootout and a breakout for the DJ. That's my DJ. The DJ. Yeah. The DJ. Mr. That's my DJ. DJ. Shark. Yeah. I forgot I had that on the repeat, but uh, I could see him making a few big time plays. I could see this being a big scoring football game. Logan. We got to give predictions. We got to give scores. We got to go how this is going down. You told me you only had so much time. I basically used up every second of my allotted time with you. So we got to get these scores in and get up out of here. Logan, I'm going big here. I see this as a shootout in Minnesota. I see this as a big time back and forth football game. I'm going to top chops in the D and I'm going to go 41 for the Lions. 30. Seven for the Vikings. A on-the-road thrilling victory comes down to the end. Lions find a way to win by four. Give it to me. Well, <laughs> it is on the road. So I, I think it might be a little tougher because the Lions have had two home games, which makes things a little bit easier. Um, I still think the Lions get their points. I don't know if it's going to be 35 because that's just tough to do in the NFL, but they've done three straight games. So I'll go uh, – oh, I'm going to go another close one, but I'll have the Vikings winning just basically that home field advantage. And I think the Vikings are a talented team, and sometimes from week to week you can kind of lose that because the Vikings didn't look great against the Eagles, and the Lions looked okay against them. But um, I'll go 35-32 Vikings. Nice. I uh, It's, it's going to be a tough ball game, but uh, it should be fun to watch. We kind of don't know what we're going to get because we're still in week three, so we're just throwing darts at a wall. But uh, I know the Kool-Aid drinkers, everybody be rooting on the Lions. Logan, I want to tell everybody to go follow you on Twitter, check out any articles you're putting out, look for you on any type of other media platforms you're on these days. And as I always say, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on, making some of your valuable time to – Hit it up with me and talk Lions football here on the Kool-Aid cast, man. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. I always enjoyed doing it. Wish I had more time and talk for a few hours at a time, but it's all good. I, I appreciate it, man. I look forward to next time. No doubt. Thank you, man. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Lions with a big victory this week. They're looking to stack them. They're looking to get two. They're heading to Minnesota. We're going to be fired up about it, and we'll review it all and talk all about it next week. Right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This game is over. Drink it in, man.